You're listening to Crossings Conversations from Church Divinity School of the Pacific, a show about leaders creating Christian community and sharing God's love. This is Kyle Oliver, Communications and Marketing Manager at Church Divinity School of the Pacific, and I'm here with the Right Reverend Thomas Brown of the Diocese of Maine. Bishop Brown, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you so much for inviting me to this great conversation for your wonderful work, Kyle, in advancing the story of uh, the world's greatest seminary uh, and for all of the ways in which um, you all are helping uh, all of us uh, be responsive um, messengers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. How has your thinking about leadership formation changed over time? One of the ways in which I I have changed my thinking and in some ways my uh, praying and uh, my feeling about leadership in these last 14 months, I was elected in February of 2019, uh, ordained in June of 2019, and uh, began uh, my work as the diocesan bishop of Maine on the 23rd of June. Uh, had my first diocesan convention in October, uh, was uh, driving all over Maine, was on track to get to every one of our churches. And then, of course, um, uh, the coronavirus came. But when I think about leadership and leadership formation, um, I can't help but to think about those things, of course. What I'm experiencing is having to really bone up on and emphasize um, the gifts of compassion and the gifts of understanding and listening, Um, understanding the pressures of the current moment, um, understanding that lay and clergy leaders alike are um, learning at, uh, for some of our folk, at a pace they've never known. I would say for me, Kyle, the biggest learning right now is um, emphasizing the need to take care uh, and um, leaning in to those uh, tremendous values of um, being compassionate, listening, and of honoring the fact that we are all learning at a very rapid rate and um, to, to both celebrate that uh, and to be patient. Thank you so much for that. That's uh, certainly certainly resonating uh, um, with, with me and I, I suspect with others. Um, so I'm curious, uh, you know, <laughs> against that uh, challenging backdrop, uh, you know, of the events of, of, of the early days of your Episcopate, um, we're curious to hear... Uh, some some stories uh, and maybe some stories of hope uh, from stories you've heard from seminarians or from recent graduates or from you know sort of new leaders. One of the great places where I um, feel hopeful uh, from new leaders, especially uh, people who have graduated recently from one of our seminaries, is this um, this complete comfort. Uh, with um, uh, technology. And uh, I, one story I'll tell is a person who's actually in the low residency program at CDSP uh, and the platform that CDSP uses. Um, now the College for Bishops is also using that platform. 
what I heard was uh, that uh, being in Boston did not in any way take away from this seminarian sense of being formed in a faith community, of being nurtured, uh, and of learning um, a really uh, rigorous curriculum. Uh, so that's one story. An- another story is um, about the way in which um, our church continues to embrace being inclusive. Uh, we've that's been a value of ours for a long time. But the um, the comfort that we are getting uh, to be around uh, folks whose gender identity is fluid mm-hmm. or who might be trans. Um, that's a huge hopeful piece for me. Uh, we have a rector um, who serves here in Maine, uh, who uh, came to us from uh, the South. Uh, they had never lived in uh, the North, not to mention Maine. Um, and they have plural pronouns, and they have taught us a tremendous amount in the course of um, just a couple of months uh, in a really beautiful and great way. So I feel like um, those are two um, sort of hopeful things, one about technology and one about inclusion that tell me that seminarians are pushing us in this great way and loving those of us who might be older or those of us who may not have as much facility with technology or those of us who continue to um, get pushed in uh, ways to open the doors of our hearts and open the doors of the gospel uh, to everybody. Finally, Kyle, I would say something about the way in which um, seminarians are teaching me about how um, change is accelerating at a very fast pace. Um, And I love to learn. And I love when uh, people who have skills and ideas different from mine are pushing and leading me. In quite a few of the cases you just mentioned, uh, you know, you mentioned a, a nudge or a push uh, from from folks helping uh, to to lead the way on some of these issues, and 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 of course you mentioned that in some cases what what once seemed optional has become you know a requirement, um, but we know that that doesn't make it a given that a community will you know respond in a, a creative or gracious or you know sort of forward looking way. How have you seen those those um, those nudges, uh, those pushes, um, you know, sort of lived out among those leaders in a way that is um, that is both effective, you know, helping the the change to to come in, but also um, presumably um, helps helps to bring helps to bring folks along a sort of uh, you know sort of pragmatism and 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 a, and a grace. How how has that sort of looked? Mm-hmm. One of the ways in which um, this change looks in Maine is that uh, I get to serve with uh, really tremendous diocesan staff colleagues. And on the 15th of March, which was a Sunday, I was scheduled to be at one of our churches um, called St. Columbus in Booth Bay Harbor. And on Friday the 13th, it was really clear that uh, going to this church uh, was just not a good idea. The next week, um, diocesan staff were responding and saying, we need to think about gathering everybody, um, everybody we know. And uh, what if we did a town hall and we'll do a town hall this Tuesday? Um, And so we immediately set up shop to um, 
expand our Zoom account. And uh, we now do a weekly town hall with almost every leader in the Diocese of Maine. Every clergy person, every parish administrator, every member of standing committee, every member of diocesan council, every trustee of diocesan funds, uh, every senior warden, every junior warden, every treasurer. And now we've added convention delegates to that mm-hmm. group. Um, mm-hmm. So some weeks it's, it's over 300 people wow. who are gathering, learning, and praying and being the church. So mm-hmm. some of our folks in Maine are experiencing deeper connection with each other now than they did before the pandemic mm-hmm. because they're looking on the screen at Zoom and they can see faces and they can see names. So they're making connections that they didn't used to. We um, typically ended with Compline, and so there was ample time to lift up intercessions. Uh, And then we find out later that people are emailing or texting or discovering ways to continue to check in about those prayers. Mm. So tremendous community is happening, I feel like, at least in the Diocese of Maine. um, It's uh, folk who are connected to... um, a learning community, including and especially seminaries, who are the ones who are helping us do this work the most um, and reminding us that our context in Maine uh, is is particular and unique. It doesn't, it doesn't make us better, but it means that we get to turn locally and discover resources that we have right now. Uh, for example, there are a number of Indigenous people um, who whose cry for racial justice has been around for decades, uh, and now we get to hear that, and uh, those of us who are white and those of us who have power get to respond in a way maybe that we haven't. And I feel like in the church here, it's our seminarians and recent graduates who are um, especially helping us do that. That's so helpful. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, for this next question, uh, I want to I want to invite you to, th- to think big. Uh, this is our sort of creative, fun sort of question. Um, think about uh, if you were to commission or maybe you want to team teach some kind of uh, special topics course, um, and you could invite any instructor uh, um, for today's seminarians, any instructor, any topic, um, uh, who would you invite to teach and, and, uh, and what would you what would you have them teach? Well, I want to say something sort of tongue in cheek first. Um, Please. And uh, the first thing I would do if I could design some kind of um, learning program for people preparing particularly for um, clergy leadership and worship leadership in our church, I would find a way to get Professor Lewis Weil to do all kinds of videos right now before he goes to his reward Mm -hmm. so that um, clergy in future generations can sit at the feet of this giant um, whose way and whose teaching um, I use every day. Every time I step into a church uh, to lead worship, 
I feel like Professor Weil is there um, in a beautiful and great way. And I don't mean in any way to speak about Lewis as if he's already dead. I simply mean to suggest that um, uh, I don't think there is a liturgical scholar uh, who has um, influenced uh, our understanding of the current prayer book more than he has. Uh, and uh, I see uh, the difference between people who have gone to CDSP and studied with him and people who haven't. Um, so uh, that's one thing. Yeah. I think um, in, a, in a more uh, serious um, and real way, part of what I think about and dream about is how can particular seminary communities leverage and work with monastic communities mm. uh, so that we are learning um, how to pray uh, so that people who are coming out of seminary have uh, 21st century tools um, and ancient um, practices. Um, I think that somehow if I could design a course or design um, um, a January term um, or longer. I would gather all of the all of the professed religious mm -hmm. in the Episcopal Church, bring them to CDSP, mm -hmm. uh, and um, and and or use Zoom, and our professed religious um, could create learning and practice. Um, not just for seminarians, but for our whole church, mm. so that so that CDSP, for example, would become a destination for people who want to learn how to pray. Mm. Um, so I have this great dream that we would integrate um, our great academic rigor um, with this ancient um, uh, way of prayer, and that. Um, our sisters and brothers and siblings who are professed religious have um, a whole lot to teach us right now. Let's talk about uh, changes you might you might make in, in how people are are formed. You know, we we elected never to start with this question because that can you know set a certain kind of tone in a conversation like this. But but nevertheless, we want to you know think seriously about about what um, what seminaries or other um, institutions and structures of leadership formation if, if you could if you could uh make one change uh to to our various interlocking systems um that that you think would make a, a positive difference for the episcopal church i'm wondering what that change might be i don't know that this is so much a change as it is um a desire for a renewed emphasis mm, okay um which has to do with our relationships with Jesus Christ. Mm. Uh, I was uh, recently at a church uh, online here in Maine, and a woman uh, asked me to speak about my relationship with Jesus. And I did that. Uh, and uh, then I asked her to do that, mm. and she did. Um, and later I got an email from the rector 
uh, who said um, that he didn't know how to do that, Hmm. Um, that he was deeply moved by his parishioner's testimony and witness, uh, and that he himself uh, has never uh, spoken about, never been asked to speak about Jesus in the way that he heard his parishioner do that. And I think that, um, I think there is tremendous opportunity for us to um, teach each other and witness um, and listen to one another as we speak about the power of Jesus Christ to change our lives. Mm. That, um, that the notion that, uh, that we don't have um, as many tools to um, be evangelical with a small e, I think that's true. And I think that um, it's, it's not always been our first charism. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I really hope that we might explore ways to make that um, something that we're known for. Mm-hmm. We're known for uh, witnessing to the power of Jesus Christ to bring us from death to life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that we can tell stories about that that are real. Um, that, um, that don't put people off, but simply reveal the truth of transformation in each of our lives. So I don't think it's a change as much as it is a desire to explore how we can renew, um, this, um, this beautifully ancient truth, uh, which is that through our baptism, uh, Jesus Christ lives in us and is continually uh, leading us both to the cross and to the empty tomb. Mm, yeah, I'm so struck by the um, by the, the the honesty and the and the vulnerability of that uh, of that clergy person who who wrote to you and said that. I'm wondering, you know, what advice you might you might share with others who resonate with um, with that with that longing. And that observation, and 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 want to go deeper. You know, where would you where would you advise them to to start? One of the places I think to start in um, in coming to have a story about Jesus' capacity and ongoing presence to change us. Um, if someone if someone hasn't yet done that or isn't quite sure about that, um, I think it's really helpful to. Um, to think about putting to one side all of our intellectual defenses um, or our um, or our reasons why why um, language about salvation through Jesus Christ is um, something we don't do. So I think there's a first step in taking the plunge, taking the risk, um, trusting in grace that I can, I can put away my suspicions. Mm. Um, I can put away my defenses. I can put away my intellectual arguments mm. um, that might be uh, socially acceptable in a diverse crowd of um, interfaith uh, folk and say, well, you know, I go to church um, uh, um, and it's a really important community, but I'm not really sure about how I feel about Jesus. Um, that, 
that instead of leading with those statements, that if we can somehow suggest, I'm, I'm going to spend a season not saying those things, and instead I'm going to practice um, just in small ways to speak about ways that I desire um, or I long for uh, the truth that Jesus is uh, leading me from from death to life. So sometimes I think this is not so much about um, uh, something technical as it is expressing um, uh, hope, desire, willingness to actually try this on. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Thank you. So to uh, to wrap up here, uh, we'd just like to invite any other um, any other thoughts or or advice that you might have for for a seminary that is very much um, you know contemplating its future role and its future mission. Um, what else is sort of uh, on, on your mind that should be on our mind? I think one of the things that CDSP has, I think, always done. Uh, and I think is doing in a, a bigger and better way is uh, to understand its identity and its reach as uh, much bigger than province eight. There's something for me in CDSP's um, partnership with Trinity or Trinity's um, support of our great school. Um, it seems to me that there's there's even more opportunity uh, now to think about Africa. Uh, I think about Trinity's long association with churches in Africa. I think about Trinity's long association and support of the Archbishop of Canterbury. Uh, And so uh, the Church Divinity School of the Pacific, I think, has uh, some opportunities that um, again, I don't think it diminishes the other Episcopal seminaries, but um, there's there's a chance um, for CDSP to um, to sort of stand up tall uh, in, um, in a way that maybe uh, we haven't been able to because of our scarcity of resources. I'm not speaking about size in matriculation. Uh, but to be bigger in in um, in who CDSP thinks of itself. I really appreciate your perspective there, and I'm excited to um, see see uh, see that trajectory um, unfurling. Um, Bishop Brown, thank you so much for your time and being willingness to uh, share your 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 wisdom and and your perspectives on CDSP and the Episcopal Church. You are you are so welcome and thank you for this invitation and for this great opportunity um, to share stories. Crossings Conversations is a co-production of Church Divinity School of the Pacific and Trinity Church Wall Street. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts or share it with a colleague. You can learn more about the only Episcopal seminary on the West Coast and subscribe to Crossings Magazine at cdsp.edu.